Hello and welcome to The Boxing Hour with me, Martin Dorman. This is a new show from the All Out Fighting collection of shows brought to you by Mirror Fighting. And each week for around about an hour, I will speak to a range of guests from the world of boxing. Sometimes it'll be longer, sometimes it will be shorter. But for this first show, I welcome three guests. First of all, Savannah Marshall, newly crowned middleweight world champion, following her impressive victory over Hannah Rankin. Savannah talks about that fight, about her rivalry with Clarissa Shields, about training with Peter Fury and about the future of women's boxing, which has really gone from strength to strength, even during lockdown. Then I welcome Daniel Dubois, our great heavyweight hope for the future, ahead of the biggest fight of his career to date, as he prepares to take on Joe Joyce. One of the big men will go on probably to world honours, the other very much back to the drawing board. And then finally, I welcome Miguel Vasquez from Mexico, several weeks after he was, in most people's eyes, robbed by the judges against Lewis Ritson. It's the second time he'd come to the UK and suffered a dodgy decision. He talks about those two fights with Ritson and with O'Hara Davies, about whether he'd come back to the UK to fight and what his ambitions are as he comes towards probably the end of his career. However you do watch or listen to the show, please do rate, review and subscribe. And without further ado, here's my first guest, Savannah Marshall. Savannah, congratulations on becoming world champion. I'm sure you're obviously delighted, but if you think about how it all came about, originally at one venue, one opponent, one weight with fans, then to behind closed doors, a different opponent and a different weight. And then, of course, your trainer, Peter Fury, tested positive for COVID and it was delayed again. Did you ever think, maybe this is not meant to be? Oh, plenty of times. Plenty of times. I still... I remember saying to Peter when it got announced I was on the Usyk Chisara bill, I remember saying to Peter, oh, Peter, I'm not going to actually believe this is happening until that fest- I'm in that ring and that bell rings. <laughs> but um, I'm, still, I'm still shocked that it all worked out because, like you just said, everything there, that is just typical Savannah Marshall. There always seems to be something. Did you ever think, I mean, let's say Peter had tested positive again in before rescheduled fight would you have gone in without him was there ever a point where you thought I've just got to get this done we did we did have that conversation um and I, I said oh look I want if that if that comes to it because it's not just from winning a, a world title it's also from a financial point of view like I haven't I, before then I hadn't boxed this year and you only get paid when you box so really I was I'd paid out for three training camps sparring partners physio, all that jazz. And then for me not to get the money back because the fight was getting cancelled, so I was skint, basically. But, um, yeah, we had that conversation and I'd said, oh, look, well, look, I want my amateur coach, Tim, who done my, he'd done my pro debut in America. So I, for me, it was, you know, the, the only second person that I'd trust, to be fair. But, um, yeah, that never, thankfully, tested... Uh, negative I mean I'm loath to use the word easy for any fight but from the outside it looked let's say comfortable for you in there um yeah uh well it wasn't no fight no disrespect to Hannah Rankin it it was a comfortable fight for me um and I think I used my skill uh and me me height and range advantage well did it feel like, from the outside, it felt like you'd gone up a few levels? Like maybe, 
I don't know whether you needed an opponent to do that or a certain type of opponent or the stage being a world title fight, you needed that. But it felt like you, you found your groove and that you really delivered in a way that you'd sort of been threatening to, but maybe hadn't quite managed. No, I, I don't. I think for the it was more of the fact of, I know I've always been good enough. I know I've always been well level, but I've never had the chance. Like you said there, things always getting in the way, always being uh, wrong place, wrong time, so to speak. But even my last two fights with, with, with Matru, um, the first one I think I'd stopped in round six or something, and then the second one I stopped in a round. So really it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, Hannah had that word level calibre to say, look, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm stepping up now. And also it, it, it kind of went in the second half of the fight. So I did have that chance to show people, you know, look, Hannah's a world-class fighter and this is what I could do up against some world-class fighters. So I think it was more just, just being given the chance and also the platform. I mean, you six Chisara, a paper platform. I had a good slot. I think I was on, well, I was on third from last. So really it was all eyes on me. And I think that's what kind of people that, you know, finally got the chance to see what I could do. Definitely. Do you ever, when you're in the, that ring, it's obviously 100 miles an hour, but do you ever get the chance to enjoy it? Does it go through your head, actually? Do you sort of think this is a world title fight? I'm clearly winning it. I'm loving life, or is it just so intense that you don't get that chance? Um, well, I remember going back to the, the corner and I remember Peter being like, right, round seven. And I remember thinking, oh my God, it's round seven already. Like it just goes so fast, especially two minutes. You blink and it's over. Um, but there was, I think maybe round five, I knew I'd hurt her. And to be honest, I, I kind of, you know, knew that she was hurt and I could I could finish it. Um, and I think that's probably the only the only thing that really crosses your mind because I try to keep Peter tries to keep you as calm as possible. So you know you don't you don't uh, you don't have the chance to be thinking oh I'm loving life <laughs> this is great. <laughs> he does strike me as a very calm coach Peter I can't imagine him really getting flustered and I think we also are seeing his influence on you technically as well it feels like a really good fit oh 100% I, I just feel like I'm my confidence I, I think I don't know I don't know how it's come about because Peter's actually a bit like I know that the Furies have got a bit of persona but Peter's actually like a really sweet man like he's a really kind and very respectful man. And that I just think there's, I don't know where this like confidence has just come from. I think it's, maybe it is from knocking about with the Furies, but like I said, Pete, Pete is quite like a really respectful man. And um, I think it's just me being confident in, in my skills because training with Peter, it gives you an answer for everything. So, I mean, there was a time when I first tried training with him and he, I was your typical amateur, hands above your temple, forward and back in straight lines. And I remember him saying, put your hands down. And for me, that was just total alien. It felt so uncomfortable. But I've been with Peter over three years now. And me putting my hands up is more uncomfortable now because I have less movement. 
my reactions are a lot quicker when my hands are down, but bringing them up, blocking shots. And I just feel like with Peter there and coaching me and in my corner, I feel like I've just got a, an answer for everything because of, you know, I've got that much trust in them. Yeah, no, that's that's hugely important. You talk about an answer and the next question, it, you can't win a world title without them being asked, or you can't win a fight these days without being asked what's next. And obviously right after your victory, it was Clarissa Shields this, Clarissa Shields that. Maybe I'm being a doubting Thomas, but there's something nags in my mind, not through either you not wanting to fight or Clarissa. I'm sure fighters always want that fight, but something just tells me your path might not cross because of what she's got going on in America. How confident, honestly, do you feel that you will meet? I'm a, I'm 100% confident. Whether, maybe it'll be sooner rather than later. Like you said, she's got a lot going on in America and um, with the path she's going down, I wouldn't be surprised if she if she decided to go down the MMA route. And to be honest, there's a lot more money in it. So I don't, I don't blame her. But I do believe our paths will cross down to the fact of air ego. Um, she's not going to let that slide that I've got that one fight over her. But like I said, I'm 100% confident it'll happen in 2021. Um, and yeah, like I said, I'm, I, I, whether or not it'll be my next fight or not, I couldn't tell you, but it, it will be 2021. That's good to hear because it feels like a genuine, well, it is a genuine rivalry. You've got that history, which always mm. helps. And there has been a bit of back and forth. Is that something you think the women's game maybe needs? Not necessarily, you know, too much back and forth and a really bitter rivalry. I don't think anyone really wants that in any sport. But something that's got a good history, a good storyline that can play out, build interest. And then I can't imagine it would ever be a bad fight on the night. Yeah, 100%. It's the, it's the, it's the only, I would say genuine rivalry in boxing and even MMA it's been going on for, for years I think we me and Clarissa boxed in 2012 uh, sorry 2012 and because of their character you know she plays the baddie and I think a lot she she you know she'd a lot more people would probably want to see Clarissa get beat rather than get win but it's take it's take the flow Mayweather isn't it he's got a lot more people want to um see him get beat and win but it's money in the bank isn't it but like That's I said it. It's, it's, it is that this fight between me and her will and can be the biggest fight in female martial arts history I would say yeah because of the rivalry and because probably maybe her character you know, I'm a lot more reserved and quiet and I, I, it's, it's Britain versus USA doesn't get much bigger than that no, it's definitely got all the makings. Hopefully, it can a. Hopefully, it can happen, and b. It happens in the right way in terms of you know it's built up properly, promoted, and yeah, exactly. I keep saying it, but with fans because of you know that that will be important. In terms of women's box, I mean, we keep referring to women's boxing, but it's been such a good few months. You know, if there's one positive to come out of lockdown in terms of boxing, I would argue that it is the emergence or the the emergence of female boxers into the mainstream, let's say, you've always been there, but maybe more people are now seeing you in action and appreciating the sport. I think we now have maybe only one more male champion, if we include Ireland and Katie Taylor as well, than we do female champions, which is a big difference from a year ago. 
do you have a sense as someone obviously involved that it's really gaining momentum? 100%, 100%. Lockdown. Lockdown has worked wonders for female boxing. Um, and a lot more girls are getting their chances now. Hell of a lot more girls. And it's what the sport needed. I mean, even any signing for like girl, foreign girls that I've never even heard of. So <laughs> what does that say? Well, if anyone's going to be ahead of the game, it'll probably be Eddie. Mm. It's one thing I, I wonder, it's great to have these world champions. And of course, that can only encourage, I think, the younger generation to come through. But is, do you think enough's being done to build it from the ground up in terms of, I mean, there are no British titles, for example. Does there need to be more, not by the fighters, but maybe by the board of control or the promoters to build the sport up from the bottom to make sure that once this current crop are retired in, in however long that will be, there are enough coming through to, to replace you? Um, I'm not too... I think it... Put it this way, originally, there was talks of me fighting Hannah last year and there was interest from the board to grant it for a British title. So, yeah, that could have been done. But... And I think it, it will be in the future when once, you know, the, the crop gets a bit bigger like you said there, with the female boxing. But with me and Hannah, there was, there's only really me and Hannah at them bigger weights. So if we would have fought for that, that title, then it was a case of who would we have defended it against. But that's not our problem, that's the board's problem. So I was just thinking, oh, well, I'll just, uh, if I win that belt, hopefully they'll just forget about me and not ask me to give it back after three defences. <laughs> but... um. Yeah, the, the, I, I do think that the, there's some good fights on, like Amy Timlin versus Carly Skelly. That was on the um, the Usyk bill. That that could well, that was for the Commonwealth, wasn't it? And I think I do think if it, if it might have been pushed a little bit, it might have been granted for the British. But I think sometimes the women are just happy with one belt, maybe because looking back in the past, it wouldn't have been thought of. Yeah, of course you can't. It's, it's, I mean, imagine the current, imagine the younger fans coming up now, who see women's boxing regularly. If you say to them, actually, hang on, it wasn't that long ago that it wasn't allowed, that nobody yeah. was interested. They probably wouldn't mm-hmm. believe you. Um, so it is, I guess, it is important just to remember that context of how it's a how it started and b how it's grown so much. It's not just not been around forever, and it's not that, that there are just not many women want to box. It's just that for a long time they couldn't. You mentioned earlier that you know you only get paid when you fight, and one of the issues is the difference in pay between men and women. I don't imagine you expect that to change soon, but do you feel like there is a, a time when the, the gap will narrow a bit and that there will be more parity? Because it took a long time in other sports. You think about tennis, you know, I think they now are for the Grand Slams anyway, paid the same money, but it took a long time and a lot of arguing to get to that point. How do you see that journey going in boxing? Um, I think it's like years away that women would be on par with the men. Um, Even now, put it this way, there's a a three world title women's triple header on. And when would that would have ever happened with the men? Because it would have been too expensive. Um, So, but it has come on leaps and bounds because... Like you said previous, most promoters wouldn't have females on their shows. 
So, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm just happy that females are getting airtime. Uh, yeah, the pay is a million miles away. And some promoters would argue because women only do two minutes and, and the men do threes, the men fight for a lot longer so they can demand more money. But um, it's just, just it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I've got a good team behind me, so yeah, I know that from a pair's perspective, I'm going to get the best I can get probably in this time and in this climate. But there's nothing... You can shout, scream and shout about it, but I think it's a bit of a one of them subjects where you don't say too much because of the backlash, maybe. But um, let's just hope it comes on par, but I can't see it happening. I suppose it's that balance between, as you say, you can have these shows like we have coming up this weekend with the three world titles at the top of the bill, or you can price yourself out of that and end up you know, down not the bottom fighting. of the bill or not fighting at all. So exactly. I suppose it's that balance. Are you surprised at all? Both all three of Katie Taylor, Rachel Ball and Terry Harper are sort of coming out quite quickly after fighting in the summer. Are you surprised that they're, you know, fighting again just a few months after? No, it's brilliant. I'd loved I'd loved to have been given another opportunity. I'd have jumped on it. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And um, like you said, uh, for me, I think female boxing is more entertaining because from a fan perspective, it's two-minute rounds. I mean, I'm a boxer, I'm a boxing fan, and I get bored with the freeze. <laughs> you know, it's a lot slower pace, there's not much happening. Uh, it takes a while to build up sometimes, but with the women's, it's like that, so you can't take your eyes off it. So I think I, I'm really excited for this weekend. I think it's brilliant. Um Terry's on, on Terry's on a bit of a comeback after a draw against Tash. Rachel's after a performance against Shannon Courtney. And obviously there's Katie Taylor and the girl who she's coming against. I actually know this girl. I remember sparring her a couple of years ago and she was she's a big girl and she comes down to the weight. But I remember sparring her and she half like beat me up. And that, and that was heavier than her. But she's she's a she's a good girl, very aggressive. Um, and I think it'll be a good, good fight. And Katie, of course, coming off the back of a, a very, very tough fight. So you think maybe yeah. it won't be quite as one-sided as, as maybe the people are saying? I think Katie will have a chance to box a lot more, whereas uh, Pursuing fights, you know, you, you've got to just bite down on your gum shield and, and tough it out. But it'd be good to see that what, them fight, what that blast fights took out of Katie, because like you said there, it's such a short space of time. And she's had two absolute wars now with Pursuing. And, you know, either some fighters take a lot out of that and, and grow or go the other way. And like you said, it's, it's only been, it's only been three months, three, three or four months. Yeah, I suppose, was it July maybe? So maybe not, maybe yeah, a bit longer. so yeah. it's been quite a quick turnover. So it'll be, be easy, be, uh, be, be good to see how she gets on really. And, Maybe you fought at kind of a bad time of year. Is this, you know, we've only got a few more months left or six weeks of the year left, really, and a few more shows. Are you now just feet up until the new year? Yeah, I won't be out now till February, March time. So, but for me, I've had three training camps. So really, although I haven't actually had the war in the ring, you know, I got a nice purse at the end. I've actually had quite a tough year. 
not just physically, but emotionally, it's been mental. It's been a crazy roller coaster. So I'm just, I've had a week off now. I've let my body weight and sugar. And I've had enough of being a slob. So I've just been on the phone to Peter and I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back in the gym tonight and just start taking over. Excellent. Well, Savannah, thank you very much for joining me and congratulations yeah. again. Look forward to seeing you out in the new year. Daniel Dubois, thank you very much for joining me. Of course, just weeks away from potentially the biggest fight of your career so far anyway against British rival Joe Joyce. This fight was supposed to happen with fans, supposed to happen several times, but being delayed. When did you realise that really you had no choice but to fight behind closed doors? Well, um, it was just a, a matter of, um, you know, take it or leave it. And uh, we decided to have the fight and uh, I, I was all for it. In my mind, the fight was going to happen this year. And so I'm glad we're here now and we're, what, four weeks away, four, three weeks away. So, um, yeah, no looking back now. Have you had to take a smaller purse because it's behind closed doors? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, we have uh, a cut, a pay cut, uh, regrettably. But um, it is what it is. We're, we're living in strange times at the moment and uh, the, world, the, world, the way the world is, is, is shaky, it's fragile, so... We have to, you know, make do with what we got, and you know, this fight. It's not not just about the money; it's about the legacy, and you know, leaving that, you know, legacy behind. That I came through a great challenge. Is that something when you talk about legacy and making sure that you you fight the best people at the at the right time? Is that something that's always been on your mind? Is it something that you look around and see other fighters not doing, so therefore you're determined to make sure you don't skip opponents, if you like? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think I've, I've, I can't speak for other fighters, but for me, get before I even turned pro, um, uh, you know, I, was, I knew I was going to be heading in this direction, you know, facing the best. And I, I didn't come in this to, to, you know, come second best. I wanted to be to get to the top straight, straight away and as fast as I could. So I'm, I'm really uh, over the moon that it's happening now. You fought once behind closed doors. Was there anything that surprised you about that whole experience? Uh, not really. It was, um, you know, different atmosphere and outside the ring. But once you're in the ring, you're in the zone. And uh, right now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let that, you know, bother me and distract me from what the job at hand. There's a sense in boxing, of course, anyway, that there's so much talk beforehand, but ultimately... It's two men in the ring, so it doesn't matter what's said before, but is behind closed doors, is that even more so the case? There's not even any fans, it's just two men, yeah. and what will be, will be. Yeah, it really is old school, isn't it? Could be fighting in a cellar for I care, you know, it's just, you know, really taking it back to the beginning, early days, but, you know, um, they say I'm a throwback fighter, so I'm, I'm ready for whatever, whatever they want to you know, put whatever situation we're going to, it's going to be in our atmosphere, it's not going to affect Now you're 23 years old, Joe Joyce is 35, you're WBO number two, he's number 10. Would I be right in saying that he needs this fight and you more than you need him in this fight? Um, no, I think we both need need this fight. You know, it's at crossroads, we need, we need collision course now, so... Um, we needed this fight to happen, you know, can't, can't go, go through saying you're the best and not fighting the best. So this is, this is, this is where we're at and I need, I need to be in and prove, you know, to myself as well as everyone else that I'm heading for the number one spot. But you could, in theory, I assume, have just waited 
And then given that the way the belts are just now, you could have just waited for a world title shot. Could have, yeah, possibly. And uh, maybe pick it carefully and all of that. But um, I'm ready for this. I'm prepared for this since I started boxing. So this is all uh, part of um, part of my growing as a fighter and uh, in and out of the ring, just getting better in every way. And this is, I think it's come at the right moment. If you were to rate the, the level of opponent out of 10 that you fought, so I know they're all different, but how many steps above who you fought before do you think Joe is? Uh, you know, yeah, he's, um, if I was to rate him against Gorman, I don't know, is, is, he, he, is he that much better than him? We'll have to wait and see. I don't, I don't think so, though. I don't, you know, he's, he's a, he's, he is a, you know, a force in the ring, like myself, and uh, big and strong, but I'm, I'm, I'm used to that. I'll be ready for that. So um, I'm not going to go in there and make him out to be anything he is, and he's another man in front of me, two arms and two legs that I've got to break down and take him out. I know they say records are <clears throat> are for DJs, but on paper, I would argue yeah. he has fought at least more recognisable names. Let's say I, I know in the former world title challengers in Bryant Jennings and Bermin Stavern, I know they were probably a bit past their best by the time he fought them. Yeah. Uh, but is that fair to say that he's probably fought better opponents? Yeah, he's fought uh, more well, more world known guys than myself, more credible names and stuff people have heard of before, but. Um, uh, that that won't make a difference. He, he, yeah, you can say that he's he's faced a better opposition, but I'm 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 only I'm only young, so I've got time to learn and take take fights. That I, I think all my fights I've had today has been um, good fights, learning fights, and uh, it's been stepping up to this level. So I'll be I'm just peaking right now. So given his experience, what do you have that that he hasn't seen before? I'll have to show you on the night, but. <laughs> it's, uh, if you want to know, uh, I don't really have the answers for that. I, I like to do my, my talking in the ring and show you what I've got in the ring. But yeah, it's going to be something different for sure. And a, a force that, and a power that, you know, not many guys I don't think in the heavyweight division have. Now, given your age again, do you think it's better for boxing, both for Britain, both on the world stage? Do you think it's better for boxing, given you've got a long career ahead of you and Joe probably doesn't, or not, at least not as long as you, is it better for boxing that you win? Mm, it's better for me, I know, for <laughs> sure. But, uh, boxing, yeah, I think maybe, I don't know, boxing is, uh, is, is um, I will always love boxing and, you know, you know, it's, it's a great sport, but um, for me, I know this is going to be, this for me to win will be um, open many doors, will be my, my key to a, a fast route to the world title and, to the big names and the big fights. You mentioned that fast route. It's not at all inconceivable that you could, if you, if you win this fight, fight for a world title within six to nine months, let's say. Would that be yeah. ahead of the schedule you've set for yourself, behind schedule or, or just sort of on target? Probably on target. Uh, you know, I said by the Olympics and beginning I was talking about that. But um, the Olympics hasn't happened yet. And, you know, this is, I think it's right on time. Yeah. It's one thing to, to win a world title, sh should you go on to do that. But are you, do you feel confident enough that you'd be in a position to, to stay at the top? Uh, well, 
I hold on to it as you know as long as I possibly can. And when my time's up, it's up. But uh, I, I'm feeling real good now. And if I continue to get better and more um, experienced and uh, become a great, better fighter than I already am, then you know I, I can see myself reigning for quite a few good few years. And, and you know setting a, you know leaving a legacy that will be remembered in you know for all time and a hall of fame in one day. I had a look at the the average age of the top ten ring magazine heavyweights, and it's 30, it's just over thirty four. So you know it's yes. almost a decade older than yourself. Do yeah. you feel are you a different sort of? And a lot of them are just you know at their peak or just coming into. Yeah. Are you are you a different breed of heavyweight? Are there going to be sort of younger guys coming through? Do you think to to take over? Um, I don't know. I think because of my the time I've been in this sport and when I started, I think. Because of, you know, my dad started me off at a really young age and through the amateur system and everything, they always talked about that I was, I was, I was always a few years behind the other guys. So um, it's, it's carried on to the professional ranks. And it's, I think it's going to play my favour that I've got the youth and the speed that they don't have and that's going from them. And uh, that, yeah. And, of course, if you do fight for a world title, it's likely to be against... Alexander Usyk, what did you think of his performance against Archer? I thought it was a good, a good performance from both guys. Uh, Chisora did well. He, he pushed the pace and get, you know made it a great fight. Um, uh, Usyk again, he's a class operator. You know, good punching, boxing, boxing ability, and he's a good athlete. So you know, can't take anything away from him. Do you agree with people that think he'll struggle against the, the bigger heavyweights? Uh, uh, yes, and yeah, probably. Um, he doesn't seem to be that much of a concussive punch or, 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 or such, but uh, I'll definitely see myself being ready for him when, if we do fight. How do you think you'd cope with, the, with his footwork and his movement, which you know, has, has troubled so many fighters, including Joe Joyce in the past? Um, that's a long way from now. I don't have the answer again. I haven't even, you know thought about that but uh, I think my boxing uh, my boxing skills and you know at heavyweight it comes down to just you know the bow the, the the basics really of boxing and you know the simple stuff can you know take you a long way so I think that and my athleticism and my youth will will open doors for me and send them back to the cruiserweights yeah <laughs> <laughs> Daniel thank you very much for joining me and all the best against Joe I hope you're enjoying the show so far as I mentioned, our third and final guest is Miguel Vasquez, who joins us from Mexico following his controversial defeat by Lewis Ritson a few weeks ago. But the main voice you will hear is that of Mariana Caballero, Miguel's translator. Unfortunately, my Spanish is not up to scratch. If you're watching the show, then of course you will see all three of us. If you're listening, the main voice you will hear is that of Mariana's. And I started by asking Miguel whether, having had a controversial fight against O'Hara Davies last year, he was reluctant to come to fight Lewis Ritson in the first place. He knows that it's always difficult to win a fight when you're abroad. He checked on Lewis Ritson when he got the fight proposal and he felt pretty confident that he would beat him. Taking the O'Hara fight was a statement to the world that uh, Miguel Vasquez is still here. Like he, he's, still, he's still on track in the sport, he's still available. For, for good fights, he could beat uh, Ritson and that's what made him confident today. 
And how did you feel you performed against Lewis Ritson? He feels that he gave a great performance. He feels he won the fight, but he doesn't want to challenge it. Uh, he accepts it. Uh, he respects the judges, their appreciation of the of the fight, and uh, but he still feels feels that he did enough. Uh, however, he also says that um, it was a difficult fight. It was a tough fight. It was not an easy fight. So, so in that regard, he. He accepts the, the result. There has been a lot of controversy in the UK about this fight. Almost mm -hmm. everybody thinks that Miguel won the fight. So why does he not feel more angry and, and want to challenge it? Well, he, he knows that uh, rules-wise, it's not possible to do anything to, uh, over, uh, like to revert the decision. So it is what it is. Uh, however, he, he feels that the best, and, and rather than going into a, a, a challenging it and seeing uh, how to revert it, he, he feels that the best thing to do uh, is to get a rematch, like to call on for a rematch against Ritson and even with O'Hara as well. That that's the best way that he thinks uh, you can actually challenge like a wrong decision. Miguel, do you think you will get that rematch with Lewis Ritson? I would like the opportunity to to show who's best, uh, who's the better man. I would like to first uh, take a rematch against O'Hara Davis. Actually, he went back backstage uh, after the fight and offered it himself. He, he said that he would give me a rematch. So that's the first fight I would look after. And and after that, if if uh, possible, yeah, I would like to do the same against uh, Louis Ritson. Uh, it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter who are the judges, it doesn't matter like in the UK or elsewhere, where around the world, I would like to, to show myself uh, in the ring and uh, do it again with both of them. If you did fight either man back in the UK or anyone in the UK, how, how could you be confident that the judges would be fair to you? Uh, he feels he feels that uh, changing on his strategy is crucial. Uh, he would go and look for the knockout. Uh, he knows that his style is uh, naturally more uh, 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 boxer style. Uh, but this time he would uh, look to be more aggressive, uh, work more on the power punches, and look for the knockout and and uh, show more. A more will to the judges to that that, that he's there for the win. Uh, so if he doesn't uh, get the knockout, he 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 would put that extra that was necessary to get the decisions. He feels. Do you, do you think that your experiences in the UK and there have been other fighters who have not got the right decision? Do you think foreign fighters will be reluctant to come over to the UK in the future? He, he feels that uh, it's not a UK uh, sole issue, it's a general issue around the world that when fighters go abroad, uh, they always come with that extra pressure of, of uh, knowing that they're in a difficult territory and that they might not uh, get the win and that sometimes even getting the draw is already like a, a win, you know. And uh, he says that it's something that he's uh, seen or experienced in Canada, in South America, in Mexico even. So he thinks it's a general issue in the sport.
Do you think there's anything that the sport can do to stop it happening? He feels that the solution is is uh, sitting with the commissions. The commissions need to do the necessary work to to be more fair, to be less localist, uh, bend towards the local fighters, and and give a an equal chance to the fighters coming from abroad to to do their job and, and get the win if they should get the win. He said he doesn't let these outcomes in the UK uh, define him, his future, or what he feels in regards to the UK and England. He loves it there. And despite having these two uh, fights that were were controversial. He he's happy to go back uh, to fight there anytime when he gets a, an opportunity to to return to the UK. And he really enjoys uh, the people, the country, and and uh, judging judging in in the sport doesn't define the country itself. It's a great country. And we love we love having you. That's that's three times now you you've come over. Did. Did Lewis Ritson say anything to you after the fight about the result? Lewis was a, a real gentleman. From whatever they were able to communicate uh, between English and Spanish, Ritson apologized for the outcome of the fight, but uh, Miguel told him that it's not his fault. Uh, this has nothing to do with him and it's uh, not personal at, at uh, any level. Uh, it's not neither on the decision doesn't uh, rely on the hands of neither Miguel or Ritson. They just step in the ring and do their job. Uh, he thinks he's uh, Luis is a very very nice guy and uh, he wished him uh, the best uh, for his upcoming uh, title defense and uh, uh, he wished him the best if he gets a title shot and told him to keep his head up and, and keep on keep on fighting. Miguel, you've had I think fifty two fights as a professional. You've been a world champion, although you are only 33. What's what's left for you to achieve in the sport? He feels he can still be a world champion and he still has more to give. Uh, boxing is his passion. It's in his blood. It's in his heart. He he. It's his job too. He loves it and and he also sees it as a as a way to secure his family. So that's his uh, big motivations, uh, his passion for the sport and securing his family. And he thinks he can do it uh, by becoming a, a world champion and defending successfully uh, his title. Thank you very much for your time, Miguel. Gracias. And all the best for the future. He, he's, he says, he, thank you very much for the for the time and uh, he's uh, always very happy to the British media and, and to the English people. So he, uh, he says he, he's grateful for that and honour. That's all from the Boxing Hour for this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another range of guests. But in the meantime, please do check out the other shows on the channel. On a Monday, I host After the Bell with George Groves and Declan Taylor as we look back on the weekend's action and ahead to what's next for the winners and losers. And on Tuesday, my colleague Rich Jones talks to an up-and-coming fighter to learn about their story ahead of what hopefully will be a promising career. So, until next week, thanks for tuning in.